Hello, this is Living Oak Health and Wellness Podcast. I am Gabriella, a yoga faith master trainer, and this is my podcast incorporating a series of interviews with different health professions and practitioners specific to health and wellness to inform and educate. Today, I'm joined by Becky Anderson, and Becky is my mother-in-law, actually, and I am so grateful to have her and her valuable resources. Becky, would you please introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, Gabriella. Hi. Yes. <laughs> um, just a little bit about me. Most of it you know, but they don't, so I'll share it with you. My name is Becky Chinichi Anderson. Um, a tiny bit about me. When I was 24 years old, I actually earned um, a certification in chiropractic while living in Indianapolis, Indiana. After marrying my husband, we spent almost 30 years in the military, and then during that time, we homeschooled our one son, Robbie for 11 years, who is now a college graduate and married to you. <laughs> um, when Rob was in his latter years of high school, I went back to school and became a professional teacher. And I taught in a private Christian school for many years. Mm -hmm. Upon moving here to Kentucky, I then transitioned to that of being a children's librarian and a newspaper columnist. Awesome. I am now 54 years old. And since we now reside in Kentucky, I also currently own an art studio. So in addition to being a professional teacher and holding a certificate in chiropractic, I am now in the process of becoming an internationally certified aromatherapist. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And for those that have not seen it yet, we do have a video that covers the history of essential oils. And um, also, Becky, for those that don't know your background with um, essential oils, how did you get involved? I know you said you touched on um, with Robbie and with your family, but maybe you can dive a little bit deeper into that. Sure. Okay. Well, I became involved in aromatherapy about six years ago when my husband and son were diagnosed with the various different medical conditions, causing them to have to take medications mm -hmm. that had proven to be dangerous uh, long-term side effects. Right. So I was hoping to find effective alternatives to treat, if not completely alleviate those conditions. Okay. Um, in the process of exploring an array of holistic avenues like diet, exercise, herbs, I discovered essential oils. Um, now, after I delved into the field, I quickly discovered an alarming amount of conflicting information and in the end, blatant misinformation that had been bandied back and forth among well-meaning, albeit uneducated enthusiasts, mm -hmm. who had inadvertently perpetuated misinformation um, by not really understanding the products they're using and are selling. So they were merely regurgitating information they found on pamphlets and products or on the sites that sell them. Mm -hmm. So. I decided the best way I could serve my own family and all of those who then at this point were looking to me to give them truth about alternative medicine was to learn the pure science mm -hmm. of the chemical constituents present in plant extracts and discover for myself if and how they work as medicine. Gotcha. So the way I thought best to do this was by earning a degree in or certification in aromatherapy That's now awesome. one of my many goals was um to debunk 
certainly certain like widely accepted myths in the industry. What I hoped was that with proper certification, I would then possess the credibility and authority to address and correct all these well-intentioned misunderstandings. Because to be honest with you, if you think about it, without a proper education, it's just my opinion against another person's opinion. Right, absolutely. Um, and so I also wanted this education for my family's sake, as well as all the people who, like myself, um, had found traditional Western American medicine, at times anyway, mm -hmm. to be either too invasive or cost prohibitive, or just in a simple desire to treat conditions in the same way uh, our biblical ancestors did, like Luke, the physician did. Mm -hmm. So through the years, I've also learned the fascinating history of essential oils from a biblical perspective. And what's super fun is that I can now answer questions like, why did they give the baby Jesus myrrh and frankincense? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know why they did that. So in short, I originally became in, uh, involved in oil to help treat my family. But once I was convinced that it was a real thing, mm -hmm. I then decided to become a certified aromatherapist in order to serve both my family and the Christian community at large better. That's awesome. And I'm just so glad that you have this um, well-rounded background. So thank you again for joining today. And for anyone that just jumped in, this time is gonna be um, spent discussing your profession specifically and the benefits of aromatherapy and how it can be incorporated alongside yoga and yoga therapy, as well as the benefits for different um, clientele. So that's a perfect place. If you could jump into what is an aromatherapist? <laughs> okay. Aromatherapists provide holistic medicinal treatments to patients through the topical applications or inhalations of natural oils and at times actually even ingestation of mm -hmm. oils. Mm -hmm. And it, it, that's a great thing. Thank you for bringing it up with the ingest. In, oh, I can't even say that word. <laughs> say ingesting. it again. <laughs> I know it's hard. Ingesting, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so are there, with aromatherapy, are there any accrediting bodies, especially since people are ingesting it? <laughs> uh, well, no. <laughs> well, actually, there is. What I mean is, um, unfortunately, there's no official licensure standards in the United States for mm -hmm. aromatherapists at this time. However, there are professional groups that specialize in aromatherapy and offer certification programs. Mm. What's fascinating, however, is that in Europe, when we were stationed in Europe, um, I learned that the schooling and certifications required in Europe exceed the licensure programs of specialty surgeons in the United States. Wow. So they really understand uh, the seriousness of plant extracts. And even though we are far behind them, um, I believe that our certification processes should actually be even higher than they are. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm so glad that you're able to speak to this for this program specifically too for yoga therapy, because it is important for people to understand how serious side effects can be for it you know it's a it's a medicine that's the thing it is a medicine. medicine 
So how, how do you receive the title of an aromatherapist? I know you said that there's some accrediting bodies. There are different schools. Um, can you explain a little bit more of what that process looks like? Sure. Okay. So as I said, aromatherapists are not required to be licensed medical professionals, but mm -hmm. they may earn optional certification through the NAHA, which stands for the National Association of Holistic Aromatherapy. Okay. They require 200 hours of training and practice in aromatherapy. Now, according to the NAHA standards, certified practitioners must also have extensive knowledge of anatomy and physiology. As a matter of fact, my classes in anatomy and physiology were harder than most of my classes I took in my teaching degree program in college. Wow. Um, I know, it was so hard. Now, now um, practitioners with this certification must also know about the elements of botany, mm. the medical and holistic properties of therapeutic plants, chemical blending techniques, and methods of oil application. And the NAHA has established a very strict code of ethics for aromatherapists, yeah. which covers treating clients with holistic principles, as well as sharing knowledge with each other. Okay, and that, that leads into my next question then. It says, um, can anyone use essential oils? Um, so yeah. If, if anyone can take them, do anything. <laughs> well, okay, so if you're asking if it's legal for anyone to purchase and use essential oils, mm -hmm. the answer is yes. Okay. Um, where it gets sticky is deciding which ones to use because just because a plant extract is organic, meaning it's from nature, it doesn't automatically make it safe. Right. Um, some oils you can ingest, you can. Others are poisonous. So, but the general advice from most websites, companies, and aromatherapists are not to ingest oils because most people who use them simply don't have the training to differentiate ones that are fine to use internally and the other ones that are best used topically. Mm. Um, but even then, topical oils can cause burns and are phototoxic, which means when you use them on your skin and you go outside, if you don't cover up or protect the skin that you put them on, which is the case with uh, many citrus oils, you can actually get a very serious burn in a short period of time. Um, so if you understand the truth about the effectiveness of plant extracts, you know, AKA essential oils, mm -hmm. you must give them the same respect as any medicine because if you do not use them with care, they can cause serious rashes, asthma attacks, epileptic seizures, headaches, allergic reactions, you, mm. your throat can close up, general skin irritations, um, even even nausea and severe burns. Yeah. Now, now keep in mind, okay, I'm not saying all of this to turn anyone off of essential oils. I'm merely attempting to educate people to respect essential oils because they are serious medicine not to be taken lightly so although anyone can buy them i mean even kids mm -hmm. there is no age limit they must be used with great caution that's my point that's good i love that they they should be used with great caution and i don't think enough people think about that because of how available it is you know you see it in grocery stores you see it so widely um marketed now to everyone and it's right just that lack of 
of education can be really detrimental. So. Exactly, exactly. Especially since kids can do it. You hear frequently, and I've even seen pictures of where parents are aghast and they're irritated because their kids have gotten burned or they've ingested them and they've ended up in the emergency room and they're blaming the oil. Right. And when actually it's not the oil's fault, it's the, uh, the misuse of the, it. The, Correct. You're right. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so then on the other side, I know we've been talking about some of the things that could go wrong, but what are some of the benefits if it's used correctly, if you have the right people, the right environment? Could you give some of those benefits? Yes, that is that's a much happier topic, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, the way that I approach it is that God gave us plant therapy as an ultimate act of grace mm. when illness and death entered the world directly following the fall of Adam and Eve. Um, plant extracts can treat endless conditions, including um, like arthritis, tumors, um, bruising, uh, blood circulation, cysts. Mm -hmm. It can treat um, digestive disorders, stomach inflammation, bee stings, bug bites, wow. you make amazing insect repellent. <laughs> um, now we're getting, now menopause. Yeah. I treated my own menopause, morning sickness, awesome. neuropathy, mouth ulcers, even sexual dysfunction, um, sinus problems, lung infections. Like I'm just, my wow. brain is just going, burns, boils, wrinkles, stress. The marks. list just goes on. Like <laughs> anything. Infections, even so much more, really honest to goodness. That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, and then, so what, um, what are there different types of aromatherapy then? If we have so many different benefits for different things, does that branch into different fields? Kind of. I think the question that you're actually asking is um, you're referring to methods of application, I think is what you're actually asking. That. Yeah, I, I guess that we could go in that direction. Yeah, that would be great. So if you have these different things, is it all topical? Are you you said that you could ingest oils or what are well, some of the benefits of those different okay, types? You can make creams and lotions. Okay. You can make massage oils for the body and face. You can use steam inhalation or nasal inhalers. I actually use quite a few nasal inhalers for myself. Mm -hmm. um, necklace inhalers that can just hang around your neck and you can get a waft of it, you know, periodically. Uh, bath sprays. Um, the most common method is a diffuser where it's a water, cold water diffuser that uh, puts it into the air. That's probably the most common one that people would use. I mean, okay. you can actually even put it directly on your skin where it uh, goes directly into your bloodstream mm -hmm. through the pores in your skin. Okay. And are, are those different methods of application? Are they all as effective or is there ones that are preferred? Um, it really depends upon, how do I put this? Okay. So if you understand the plant extract you're working with, right? And you understand the condition of the person being treated, I believe that any certified aromatherapist will be able to choose the best, mess, the, the, like the best method of application for that person and the condition and make a blend that serves them best. But it's imperative that you have a complete understanding and history of your client in order to minister to their specific needs 
and avoiding the plant extracts that they might have an adverse reaction to. Mm, yeah, that's such a good point. Um, so what kind of things would you have on an intake if you are taking some of that history, just kind of jumping forward and into that, what would you use for an intake? Um, well, it really depends upon the, it's going to be my intake letter is going to look slightly different than a massage therapist or a um, yoga instructors. Right. But the main thing that I would recommend that a yoga instructor focus on is finding out what medications they're taking mm -hmm. because something such as grapefruit, um, many people are aware that you can't drink grapefruit juice when you're on certain medications because it cancels them out. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, uh, diffusing grapefruit will do the exact same thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have known? Yeah. Right? Powerful stuff. Um, another thing is if somebody puts on their intake letter that they're allergic to, let's say, conifer trees, which mm -hmm. are like anything that's in the, um, like the spruce trees, but that includes a lot of different type of trees. If they just put down allergies, you're like, okay, specifically, what are those allergies? Mm -hmm. Because um, if they're allergic to conifer trees, there's many different oils that you would otherwise find beneficial in diffusing in a yoga environment that would cause a severe allergic reaction to them that had you not taken an intake sheet from them, you wouldn't know. Right, right. You know, and they might actually have a respiratory attack due to uh, the fact that like whatever like conifer tree that you're putting like believe it or not Siberian fir is a fantastic oil to diffuse during yoga you're like really like that's not even the top 10 that you'd think of yeah if you understand the chemical constituents in it it can actually really um, help the environment it clears the brain it clears um, it actually even helps you muscularly stretch farther mm. and so forth so there's benefits to it on the other side of the coin however, if anybody has some sort of allergies to any types of trees whatsoever, you can't do it because they might actually like their throat could close up. Right. So again, it's just that it's not a one size fits all, you know, you no, have to, you have to listen. Not. And that's, uh, I'm just glad that you're saying that and touching on it. And again, to reinforce for us as instructors, that specifically the demographic for this um, podcast is to know that your education is important and you can't just think that one thing's going to be okay for everybody. Um, and, you know, that leads me into my uh, next thing I was thinking about. So with different types of oils and, um, you know, there's many different brands. What are some of the differences between the types and the brands then? Let's say you just, are they the same? Are they different? <laughs> oh, you've just hit on a really controversial subject. You just act so innocently and just put it out there. I'm like, man, there are some serious arguments going on about that. Well, yeah. And I will tell you, honestly, I mean, I do have an opinion. Of course I do. I have to. Right. But this is a very controversial subject. Yeah. Um, so I think what you're really asking is how can you know which essential oil company you can trust, I think is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I think that's great. And just to clarify for anyone listening, it, yes, just want to educate for the oils, don't want to attack anybody or anything to that extent, just want to understand the, the differences in education exactly. of oils. Um, 
Well, it's difficult, but it's not impossible mm -hmm. to find a trustworthy company. The biggest problem is that the essential oils industry is not yet regulated by the government, mm. meaning there is no law that requires any essential oil company to give you 100% pure essential oil in a bottle, mm -hmm. meaning they can legally say whatever they want in order to get you to buy their product with absolutely no legal, legal repercussions whatsoever. Mm. So they can say, this is 100% pure oil, which might be halfway true, but really what it is, is 70% essential oil and 30% carrier oil. Yeah. And that okay. can be scary, especially when you don't know what they're using it for or Precisely. you're not getting your money's worth either. Or if either. that carrier oil is nut-based and you have a nut allergy, for mm. instance, mm. right? Like almond yeah. oil is frequently a carrier oil. That's a good um, point. Another company can say all of our oils are therapeutic grade. That's a common, um, that's a common saying, but actually, there is no grading system in place. That's an outright lie. It's just a marketing scheme to make you think that some oils have a higher level or a higher uh, therapeutic grade than another when actually there is no grading system. So um, I think the question is like, so how do you protect yourself? Right. Um, it really all comes down to the company's transparency. Mm -hmm. And so the more transparent the company is, the more you can trust them, for instance. Um, the only way that you can know for sure, for sure, if an oil can be trusted is if it has two things. Number one, a USDA certified organic label, okay. because I'll tell you how you earn that in a second, and or a GCMS report. Um, the USDA certified organic label came about when a trusted natural food store was labeling products organic to sell them when they weren't. Yeah. So in 2009, the government got involved and created this small green label that says USDA certified organic. It costs a company about $360 per batch of essential oils uh, to get that batch tested and receive permission to put that little label on it. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And you think about it, and you're like, on one hand, that's not a lot of money. But if you think about it, if your company carries 60, 70 oils and you get batches in every month and you have to pay $360 per batch to get that USDA symbol, I can see where it would cause smaller companies to um, like go out of business because they simply can't, can't do that per oil. That would really um, interfere with their profit margin. But, um, but anyway, so this caused quite an uproar in the oils industries. And so some companies decided to get their products tested and they used their USDA certified label as a big selling point. And they simply just increased the price of those oils wow. uh, with the label in order to offset that increased cost, right? Wow. Um, some other companies, however, decided to play a game where they would say things like, we're better than organic or we do our own in-house testing and we can ensure the purity and quality of our oils. Well, that's like a kid grading their own test paper. <laughs> oh, that's an right? example. <laughs> um, so the entire point to, was to create an accountability system right. in order to protect us, right. the consumers, from adulterated products. Mm. Um, so, okay, so still other companies claim that they have their oils tested Right. via a GSMS report, 
which by the way stands for um, gas chromatology mass spectrometry, which is a process that shows all the chemical constituents present in that particular that little that particular batch of oils, mm -hmm. which then proves that it was not adulterated in any way. And so I've actually seen where companies claim that they have their oils tested, but they don't make their test results public, which okay. which doesn't make any sense at all because any company that is bothered to do this testing has a huge selling point because it proves the honesty of their company. So right. if a company won't show you their GCMS report or they say that they'll only show it to you if you're a qualified buyer, then I would seriously question their honesty. Um, so there's, oh, okay. Um, some, Sorry, what was that called really quick again? You said GCMS? Yeah, it's like GC forward slash MS report. Okay, perfect. And that stands for, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that stands for gas chromato, uh, sorry, gas chromatography. Now, I, I like to, i much better when I'm saying it fast. <laughs> mass spectrometry. Okay. Um, but if you, but if you type in GS forward slash MS report, you will be able to bring it up. If a company has those available, it'll, it'll bring them up. Okay. It'll bring them up. Um, I was going to tell you about something. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> so there's, so there's this other company that I found that was very, very sneaky. Um, they put this little green label on their site, mm -hmm. but, and it looks exactly like the USDA certified organic label, mm -hmm. but it isn't. Instead, it says that their products are CPTG, certified therapeutic grade, but I know that this is not actually a real thing. There is no such thing as certified therapeutic grade. As a matter of fact, if you look closely at that little symbol, there's a little R next to it, which basically means that that phrase is a registered trademark like Nabisco or Starbucks. So it means nothing hmm. in terms of legitimate certification. And there's a lot of companies doing stuff like this. They're actually, um, making up names that make them sound like they're certified when actually they're just a certified trademark phrase. Yeah. And we as the consumers, unless you know that, would have no idea what they're doing. And to me, if they're going that far as to be that dishonest, mm -hmm. then are you going to be able to trust the products they put out? Yeah, that, it's, it's kind of disheartening when you say that. But again, I think um, looking at the positive we were given an opportunity to do the research for ourselves and to understand what we're consuming and what we're doing and um, that can be very empowering too to understand what you're using and be able to tell people proudly like you know what you're using and why you're doing it and so yeah you can't just kind of <laughs> you can't just take someone's word for it i think with anything you no. need to do your own education and um, deep dive into what you're you're bringing in to your specialty, your community, or even advertising to friends and family. I would agree. In fact, if I may, there is one thing that this has nothing to do with dishonesty. It just has to do with confusion. Yeah. Um, I'm, if I may, I'd like to share with your uh, listeners, um, they might not know the difference between complete and extra, mm -hmm. which is a very common term in the um, essential oil industry. Let's say that you're gonna buy peppermint and one says peppermint extra underneath it. And the other one says peppermint 
complete. Mm. Well, which one, and this is not to put you on the spot, but to kind of like, which one, which one would you think you would buy? Like, which one sounds like it's better? Which one would you? Oh, that's really hard. I feel like I'm in like, <laughs> in the trick place. What were the terms again? So you'd have complete or extra? Complete or extra are your choices. I feel like not thinking about it, I would say extra, like thinking of like extra virgin olive oil or something like that. Oh my gosh, that's exactly it. Oh yes, good. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh, look at you, you smarty farty. Yes, that's exactly it. Um, it's exactly like the extra virgin olive oil. When it, what that word extra means it's from the initial pressing. It's the purest um, oil that comes from the very first pressing. Extra means from the first pressing. Okay. However, right now, <clears throat> the word complete means basically that the plant has been completely used up. Okay. There's nothing left. So the oil that's in that bottle is basically from the leftovers. Okay. Now, the weird thing about it is that even though it is a much lesser useful oil, the weird thing about it is that it actually smells twice as strong. Wow. That's something. And you're like, right? <laughs> so what does that mean? <laughs> what that basically means is that um, it's got all the bite and no bark. I mean, or bark and no bite. What it, what it means is that um, you can't trust smell. Yeah. You cannot trust how it smells because actually the complete will smell stronger than the extra when actually the extra, the molecules, there is actually more medicinal properties in the extra than there is in the complete. Wow. That's something. Hey, I'm going to stop you really quick. Sure. Okay. I just had to pause you there because you were saying that um, the smell. So you're saying that a stronger smell doesn't mean that it's actually better. No. Um, and that's why even trained aromatherapists, in fact, the lady who's training me, who is internationally um, accredited, mm -hmm. she has been um, fooled before. And so that's one of the reasons why she says you cannot tell by the smell. Right. There's no way. Um, because directly due to synthetic fragrances and so forth, mm -hmm. uh, she was actually fooled by one that she thought was fantastic frankincense. And if it wasn't for the fact that uh, she had her company do a uh, report on it, we actually she actually found out that it was almost 50% carrier oil and there was some synthetic fragrance in it. Wow. It kind of goes back to that confusion thing again. It's just like you, you want it to be straightforward and transparent. And sometimes there's a level of confusion. So thank you for bringing that up and not to confuse anyone listening again. <laughs> but, um, there's just so much to learn about it. I, I guess that's the thing is it's just such a broad topic when we talk about essential oils and it's important. The education is important. Um, can you explain a little bit more about the science behind the oils? I know we've been talking about the different types. Um, and then also um, after the science, maybe you can touch on how people can use it again with different applications or different uses. Okay. Well, um, I love the fact that the Mayo Clinic and Johns Hopkins actually incorporate 
essential oils into their patient treatment programs. Mm. And so um, the Mayo Clinic explains the science behind the oils in this way. Um, they say aromatherapy works by the essential oil releasing molecules mm -hmm. that stimulate the olfactory receptors in the nose, which then send messages through the nervous system um, and the limbic system, the part of the brain that controls the emotions. So um, that's why inhalation is so important if you want to affect emotions, that, um, moods, and so forth. Can you say that where, really quick again? You said the breathing effects. Inhalation. Inhalation. Yeah. Inhalation is the most effective way to use essential oils if you are looking to affect your mood. Right. I love that. Just going, I, I just like how, again, it's so strong on our mood and how we breathe. And, you know, with yoga, that's such a big part of our practice is the breath and teaching how to correctly breathe. And so it's cool to think. Well, about what that. happens when you breathe it in is that, um, when it, when it doesn't, um, as a part of the science, when it stimulates that, it actually encourages your, uh, your limbic system to secrete um, mm. certain chemicals, whether they be to uh, motivate or calm down or to pep up, whether it increases your mood. Serotonin can actually be released, Which directly released yeah. because of the... Um, um, the, the limbic system that has been stimulated by that oil um, and different oils stimulate different parts of your brain, which is why one oil will do this and another oil will do that. Yeah. And again, just not one size fits all. It's so specific and Correct. you need to know what you're doing. So how, what are some of those applications then once you find the oil, once you've had an intake appointment with um, whoever you're with, how then can you use these oils? Okay, well, when you use them in a cream, like this kind of goes back to the science of it. When you use them in a cream and an oil or a salve, uh, the oil enters directly into the bloodstream via okay. your pores and your skin. And then the chemical constituents affect your body in the same way as any medication would mm -hmm. because it actually enters your bloodstream. That's why um, some oils are more appropriate to inhale versus other ones that are more appropriate to uh, like, well, not necessarily ingest, but to put on your skin. But because of the chemical makeup of some of them, where they're uh -huh. called hot oils, which means they can burn your skin, uh -huh. in order for you to use them on your skin, you need to cut them with a carrier oil, which then cuts the, the burning of it so that you actually can use it safely on your skin, like clove oil, cinnamon. Um, I've actually accidentally burned the end of my nose just by inhaling a bottle and having it too close oh, to the no. bottom of my nose. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> I know that <laughs> on, a, on a personal note, um, I remember once someone told me that, you know, oregano oil was great for your, you know, for acne and breakouts. And I didn't understand the different um, strengths or, you know, purity yeah. of the oil. And yeah, I got a big burn around, um, the acne was gone, but <laughs> so, is, <laughs> so is my skin. So yeah, <laughs> important to know, um, how you have to use those things again, like a medication, it's a prescription. 
Exactly. And now like, okay, so we're, so now that we can understand a little bit more about how, so what can, like, what are the different ways that you can use it? Well, diffusion, we've talked about um, making an inhaler, which looks like one of those little VIX inhalers. Mm -hmm. I like to keep those in my pockets because although oils have a fantastic impact, a a, um, dramatic impact, they also wear off quickly though. Right. Right. So you need, if you, if you want an inhaler to be able to affect you for the entire day, you either need to have a necklace where it's placed beneath your, your, um, your nose so that you can inhale it frequently or carry an inhaler around with you. Um, and let me see, um, Oh, making a roller bottle blend is something that I've used quite a bit. There's a little roller bottle and it helps, let's say muscle spasms Mm -hmm. after a long walk. If you use jojoba oil, Helix, Chrysum, Wintergreen, and Roman Chamomile, you can actually, if you've ever woken up in the middle of the night and you've had one of those severe trolley horses that your that your entire muscles are just cramping up and you can't massage them open. Yes. I'm telling <laughs> you, if you use this blend that I just um, stated out loud, jojoba oil, Helix, Chrysum, Wintergreen, and Roman Chamomile, and you massage that, I've actually had my muscle just immediately release. That's awesome. I'm sure everybody listening could benefit from that (laughs) next to your bed because i imagine although i don't uh do yoga yet Mm -hmm. um i imagine that the stretching actually does put some um some uh uh, i bet people do have problems with their muscles seizing up especially if you've been doing it quite a bit and stretching out a lot yeah and again i think that's it's very specific to the type or you know just with exercise and movement how people are and also with the instruction if they've done it incorrectly um you can get in a bad place and uh just like essential oils are medicine i think our movement can be medicinal as well so people sometimes unfortunately um I, won't, I don't know the right word to say it. They misuse it or they don't understand how even certain movements can affect you. So it is good to have sure. those backups and like those rescue aids. The um, rescue aids. It's a wonderful <laughs> way to put it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's nice even, uh, I love the jewelry. I actually, you guys can't see me, of course, but I'm wearing a necklace that I was gifted um, by Becky, actually, which is wonderful having a mother-in-law that does aromatherapy and oils. So (laughs) I have all the jewelry. I highly recommend having it. So um, let's see. We're nearing the end now for anybody um, still listening. The last things I want to touch on are if we had a group class, again, specific to yoga instructors if they had a group class and were not taking an intake for each and every person that's in the room what would you say or like a more a typically safe oil or can you even say that because you don't know the allergies or what would what's your recommendation because it's such a big yeah i I would recommend thinking about it there are probably four oils that are really generally speaking very safe the first one no one is going to be surprised about it's lavender um but what you don't know is why Mm -hmm. um it is actually due to its two main components which are linalool and linalool acetate um what was that first one again linalool n-i-n-a-l-o-o-l and linalool acetate um because of those when when you when you know those two chemicals right there when you look up 
um, any essential oil and you see linalool mm -hmm. or, linal, or linalool acetate, you know that that is going to be powerfully effective for relaxing muscles and easing anxiety. Oh, wow. Isn't that fun? Yeah. So another one that you can kind of put in your arsenal of handy dandy ones to use in the uh, in the yoga room is neroli. Nero and people pronounce it different ways, so I'll just spell it N-E-R-O-L-I. Yeah. Um, you don't hear that one often. <laughs> no, you don't. But see, neroli is actually it comes from the blossoms mm -hmm. of the bitter orange tree, and so like lavender, it's rich in linalool and so that as i said that's your first hint that this oil can calm stress it's also very rich in d limonene um it's been shown to cause ease uh regarding chronic feelings of sadness um when you've been in emotionally over um when you've been through emotional distress neroli can really help release that and you're like well how does that happen basically as we said the molecules that are released you inhale them they have an effect on the limbic system mm -hmm. and it releases basically a form of like dopamine or serotonin that calms you down mm. um that's the that's the bottom line of it but it's mm -hmm. um but it's the amount that is that is released and so forth that is unique to each oil and the amount that is released with each oil um another one oh by the way, mm -hmm. neroli is also a great one to release tight muscles. So mm -hmm. if you want to like, um, if you know that people are, are like brand new to uh, yoga and you know they're going to be really tight, maybe that could be your opening oil that you open up with and let it really permeate the room because as people um, inhale that, it actually gets into their system and their muscles actually automatically release. So they're less That's likely amazing. to get cramps, I'll say. Um, another one, this is the third one, sandalwood. It's actually full of Santa lols. If you think of like Santa, <laughs> L-O-L, laugh out loud, Santa, L-O-L, Santa lols. Um, those can actually, sandalwood is really known to help clear your mind. Um, it's frequently used not just uh, in Christian meditation. Mm -hmm. So it is also very calming, very calming. Um, I'll, and I have a comment about all of these and mixing them in a second. Yeah. The last one that I want to uh, encourage you to use is bergamot. It's another okay. citrus. Citruses are known to be brightening. They're going to um, they're going to uh, they increase your mood. They pep mm -hmm. you up. Mm -hmm. The problem is is that as I said with grapefruit, it might have a negative impact with people's medication. So you need to use safer oils and bergamot is one of those. Right. Um, or if you've had like a stressful day or you have an overactive worried mind, um, bergamot actually carries all three things. This is like bam, bam, <laughs> bam, a way of helping people relax. Yeah. It's got linalool, mm -hmm. um, linalool acetate and D-limonene. All nice. three of those. The trifecta. Like, yeah, yeah. Like they are not. They are gonna like. Ooh, do not operate heavy equipment. Not quite, but I mean, just like they right. will be very relaxed. They will be very relaxed. That's it awesome. comforts the anxious mind. It comforts the heart. 
and it releases tension. Mm, that's awesome. I just thank you for giving so many great examples of that too for different people. I'm sure um, if anyone's like me, I'm like writing everything down and then trying <laughs> to take all these notes. And it's just there's such a plethora of information, and it's just great. Thank you so much for um, taking your time out of your day to be with us and to share and educate. Um, I don't want to cut anything off though. So for just the end, this this podcast um, is going to be used for educating yoga instructors and the yoga faith yoga therapy program. And is there anything that you think would be beneficial to those undergoing this training pertaining to um, oil specifically, or just anything that you feel like last thought with aromatherapy? What should they know? I've noticed that quite a few of the trainings that you guys go through also involves massage. So I realized massage can actually be a very large part of uh, the treatment that your clients go through. And so with that spirit in mind, I wanted to encourage you that any of the oils that I recommended earlier, mm -hmm. you can actually mix them um, with um, argon oil. Okay. or jojoba oil for massage. And here's why I recommend those two particular oils. It's because, number one, they're very light. They absorb quickly. They have virtually no scent. And both of them have a very long shelf life of about two years, and they do not have to be refrigerated, whereas many other oils that are good for massage, you have to keep them in the fridge. And when you take them out, they could become oxidized and they can become rancid very quickly, yet you oh, don't wow. want to put cold oil on somebody. Yeah. I never even thought about that. Like, if, <laughs> that just kind of makes me cringe. Like, oh, no, I didn't even know that. Um, so jojoba so, <laughs> oil and argon oil okay. are two wonderful massage oils that you can actually put, I mean, whatever oils you want to put in them, but right. the four that I recommended are wonderful to put into a massage oil. Awesome. That is great. Well, thank you so much for your time and all of your knowledge and information. And I'm just so grateful for you. This, I, this is really fun. Thank you for letting me come on here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, this has been Living Oak Health and Wellness. Gabriella joined by Becky Anderson on the topic of aromatherapy. And I look forward to being with you all again soon. Thank you for listening and bye for now.